Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Living Hope. Morning, Living Hope. Okay, thank you. We're going to go ahead and get started here in a few seconds. If you, ladies and gentlemen, can make your way back to your seats. And actually, as you make your way back to your seats, you can actually stand to your feet if you're able to. And if you want to grab your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the Old Testament book of Psalms. We're going to be in chapter 22 this morning. So as always, it is very good to see everyone here this morning in the Sunday school hour. And actually, I see some new faces here in the Sunday school hour. So that's obviously very encouraging to to the church, like Pastor talked about this morning, to the foundation and the building the foundation of the church. And chapter, actually Psalm, I didn't I did tell you chapter 22, I did. It takes opportunity to just, not to just, but to give honor to Pastor Staten and to Sister Valerie, uh, the leadership of this assembly this morning for as always, the opportunity to stand before you in this place and speak to you what the Lord has given to me this morning. If you're there, chapter 22 of the book of Psalms, say amen. If you're not, you should have it by now. Seriously, I don't know what's going on. It's been a, it's a long time, long time. All right, Psalm chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. Verse 3, but thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted and thou didst deliver them. Finally, verse 5, they cried unto thee and were delivered, they trusted in thee and were not confounded. Before you see it today, I wonder if we can just lift our hands and lift our voices and we'll just pray right now before we get into this message this morning. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, for gathering all of us into the sanctuary today. It truly is a holy place, Lord God. And you put us here not by accident, not by chance, not by coincidence, Lord Jesus, but I do truly believe that everyone here this morning is meant to be here. I truly believe that the word that is going to come forth is meant to come forth this morning. And I, I truly pray that if everybody would have an open heart, Lord God, and ears to receive, Lord God, you're going to put something specific into everyone's spirit this morning. I just pray that we have a willing and receptive people this morning. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and everything we say is in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated this morning.
So for the time that is ours to share this morning, just want to spend some time on a simple topic, strength in suffering. Strength in suffering. So it seems like uh, the last few times I've gotten stood before you, I didn't necessarily start off with the happiest of topics in conversation. If you remember last time, we were talking about leprosy and the symptoms of leprosy and all the boils and all that. Yeah, remember that stuff? Yeah. All right. And then today I start off and say, look, we're going to talk about strength in suffering. All right. And it's like, no one wants to talk about suffering. No one wants to talk about pain. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can um, bring something out in this that's going to help someone this morning. I know that in studying to prepare, it, it certainly helped me. And I was encouraged, and I hope the same for you this morning. So to, to be clear this morning, no one wants to suffer. <laughs> no one wants to endure pain. <laughs> That's not a thing, all right? But, but as Christians, all right, we believe that we will be spared, or at least we should be spared from said suffering and pain in this life. We say things like, you know, if God is, is, is all-powerful, right, and if he loves me, shouldn't he keep me from all the bad things, all right? He's so good, right? He's sovereign. All this authority in heaven and earth is it's his, and, and I belong to him. Shouldn't I be kept from pain? Right? Shouldn't I be kept? Why are all these bad things happening to me? I thought when I came into this thing, when I came up out of the water, that meant no more suffering and no more pain. That's, that's not what it meant. That's not what it meant. It meant that once you came up out of the water, there will be a hope that you didn't have before to help you through the suffering, to help you through the pain. So, look, the truth is, it's in our human um, thinking, right? It's in our human thinking that causes us to say such things, to, to assume that once we make it to, 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 to this side of the waters of baptism, no more bad things are going to happen to me. Once I confess my faults and my sins to the Lord and he receives and accepts me, and I become heir to the kingdom, no more bad things will happen to me. Right, it's misguided misconception. And, and why do we think that? It's, it's out of our humanity. Right, it's out of our humanity. We're not going to be able to shake that thing on this side of glory. <laughs> right, on this side of glory, we're not going to be able to shake our humanity. Right? We're not. But there's some help and some hope. And again, I want to bring some of that out to our attention. Because really the word of God, the very word of God and the life of Jesus, it reveals to us, all right, that even the most faithful among us, right, junior, even the most loyal and committed amongst us, the most set apart and consecrated amongst us, are not exempt from pain and suffering in this life. <laughs> the very life of Jesus proves that and reveals it and shows it to us. The 19th century German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, 
he said this, and some of you may be, may be familiar with it. It, it. it simply says, he simply said, what, what doesn't kill me, right, it makes me stronger. Uh-huh. Sure, but if it didn't kill me, it's going to make me stronger. Now, look, when he wrote that, right, he wasn't thinking about you and me today. All right, at Living Hope, all right, on Chancellor's Run Road. He wasn't. He wasn't thinking about the church. He wasn't thinking about the body of Christ. But we're going to take it just the same. Because that, that thought, that saying, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger, that's, that's a cry of resilience. And nothing more describes the church than a cry of resilience. If it doesn't kill me, it's going to make me stronger. That's, that's, that's our every day. That's why we're, well, I'm standing, but you're seated in these chairs today because it didn't kill you. It only made you stronger. It's in the same vein as uh, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, a very familiar passage of Scripture. You remember it says that, that no weapon that's formed against thee shall, shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, right, thou shalt condemn. goes on to say, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Pain and suffering is the heritage of the church, is the heritage of the Christian yeah, okay, yeah, it is, but don't forget the first part, all the pain and all the suffering, the things that come against you, they're not going to prosper against you. So, yes, yeah, our heritage for things to come against us, but it's the promise that it's not going to take you out. It's the heritage that it may be hard, it may be struggle for a little while, for a season, but the hope is that... It, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And that's what we have to hold on to. The promise is that there is hope. The promise is that there is deliverance from the Lord. There is deliverance from the Lord from every weapon that's formed. All right? In whatever form that it does come against you. First Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 19, is the amplified version here that I'm going to give it to you. So it's going to look different then what's on the screen, the Bible says here again, 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 19, for this favor, if a person endures the sorrow of suffering unjustly because of an awareness of the will of God, verse 20, after all, what kind of credit is there if when you do wrong and are punished for it, you endure it patiently? So if I do something wrong, Right? And I'm punished and I endured. There's no, you don't get any credit for that. You did something wrong and you bore the consequences. But if you do what is right and you patiently bear undeserved suffering, that's favor with God. So you do everything right, but then you still suffer. But you keep a good spirit, a good attitude, that brings favor from the Lord. Verse 21, for as a believer, you have been called for this purpose. 
since Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow in his footsteps. We said that the, 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 the most faithful, committed, consecrated, dedicated, set-apart person, we can, can't escape suffering. I said that even Christ set that example as he hung upon the cross in suffering. If he did it, right here in 1 Peter we're reading, he set the example. He set the example that we should follow in his footsteps. Because in verse 22 it says he, he committed no sin. Nor was deceit ever found in his mouth. We don't have the same testimony. Verse 23, while being reviled and insulted, he did not revile or insult in return. We don't have the same testimony. While suffering, he made no threats of vengeance, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges fairly. Our testimony may not be the same as that. Verse 24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin and live for what? Righteousness. For by his wounds, you who believe have been healed. We have been healed. Finally, verse 25 for you were continually wandering like so many sheep, but now you have come back to the shepherd and guardian of our souls. So pain and suffering, it, it, it's going to come. We talked about it. We, we're, we're not going to escape that, but we talked about the fact that, look, there's a, there's, a, there's a hope that there is deliverance from that, from that pain, from, from that suffering. And the greatest example set before us is, is Jesus. And if we follow his example, if we follow in his footsteps, we should come out of this thing okay also. But we got to follow his example. We got to follow his example that he set before us. So look, I am not a, a sociologist by trade. I do have a piece of paper in my house uh, from the Bowie State University that says I am a sociology major. All right. But I'm not a sociologist by trade. But sociology is a study of people. I like to study people. And I like experiments. Experiments. What's that? Like experiments. I don't know if that's right either. It doesn't, I shouldn't say that word anymore. I shouldn't say that word. Junior, I got a word too. I ain't going to say that word no more. <laughs> So I wanted to con, uh, conduct an experiment this morning. It's a very simple experiment, all right? Very simple experiment, all right? It's only going to ask you to, to raise your hands, all right? It's only going to ask you to, to raise your hand. So, all right, raise your hand if, all right, if you have ever endured pain and suffering. If you've ever endured pain or suffering, be it financial, be it uh, emotional, uh, be it physical, whatever it may be. All right, look, hands, hands all over the room, right? Hands all over the room. All right, ooh, successful experiment, all right? Thank you. See, I told you it wasn't hard. All right, I told you it wasn't hard. Now, now, I, I saw everybody's hands pretty much straight. Maybe not Cassie's, I don't know, she's done, she's sleeping. But I saw everyone's hands. Now, raise your hand if you're still here. 
All right. Raise your hand if you're still here. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Hopefully, you can raise your hand. I mean, I look at. I don't got my bifocals on, but I can. If you, if you, if you made it through the longest days, right? You made it through those darkest of nights, right? You made it all the way to the morning. You cried till you couldn't cry anymore, right? And you made it to the dawning of a new day. That's everybody. Why? Because the, the suffering, it won't last. Right? It'll endure but for a season, right? Yeah, you're going to have to go through, but you're still here. Why? Because it didn't kill you and it made you stronger. It's not just that it didn't kill you and you, you came out the same way you were before you went through it. No, 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 no. It didn't kill you and you're stronger for it. You're more faithful for it. You pray even the harder because of it. You're more faithful to the house of God because you suffered that thing, right? Because of that pain, yeah, you don't miss services like you used to miss services. Because of that, you, you call upon Jesus first, not fifth or sixth. Not fifth or sixth. Because you made it through that thing. Because you endured that suffering. I looked around. I don't know if you did. Again, I told you. I saw everyone's hands. Right? We all endured pain and suffering, and we all are still here. We all made it through. We're not exempt. None of us. Not you. Not me. We're going to walk through this thing together. I'm not, I'm not good with lyrics. I'm not good with lyrics. I don't know why. I've never been. And I oftentimes don't... I forget that I'm not good with lyrics until I'm not playing and I'm sitting out here and I start to sing and I realize I don't know the words. I don't know the words to any of these songs. I don't know what's happening. I, I try to be good. I try to be good, but I'm just, I'm just not. I, I always have to write down lyrics. And, and, and the worst is it's easier for me if I do know a song or if I'm familiar with a song, it's easier for me to sing than just to, to speak and recite the lyrics. It just doesn't come back to me. I don't know why. I don't know why, why that is. And, and I was preparing, you know, the, the words to a song. It crept into my, into my spirit. And I started to sing it. I realized I don't know the words to the song, but I like the song. And I was like, man, it just, it, it feels like this is, is, it's timely. It's timely because the, the, the song, it was, it's simple. It says, you know, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. Right? We're talking about strength and suffering. I've had some weary days. Y'all looking at me now. What's the next line? Oh, look. And some sleepless nights. But I look around, right, and I begin to think about all that the Lord has brought me through, <laughs> right? And all of the good days is what I begin to think about, all, all the good days. Because I said there's going to be some bad days, right? But, but when I think about it, all the good days, they do what? They outweigh, they outweigh my bad days. 
And then in that, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to make that choice. I'm going to make that decision. I'm not going to complain. I begin to think about things like, you know, Jesus, he was on the cross. He didn't complain. We read earlier in 1 Timothy 2, he, he willingly accepted. We, we know that. We know that. He, he, he said, look, if this cup would pass from me, uh, thy will be done. But look, I wasn't complaining. Because what did I say? Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to go through pain. But it's the hope that what's going to happen after I get through this thing. Because sometimes the clouds hang low. And when the clouds are low, I, I, I can't see the road. And I begin to question. I, I say things like, Lord, why? Why so much pain, right? And it's very simple, his response. Very simple. He knows what I can't see. My weary eyes, they, they can't see the things that he can see. He doesn't know, I don't know the things that he knows. So even though I can't see, I just got to say, thank you, Lord. Even though I don't know exactly why, because, you know, I am a good person. And I've been doing some good things. I've been making some good decisions. I've been praying Jesus harder than I prayed for a long time. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why I have to endure this thing right now. Why this loss? Why this pain? But I'm just going to say thank you. Because if I say thank you, I can't complain. If I am grateful and I walk with a spirit and an attitude of thankfulness, I'm just going to be grateful to, to be able to still draw breath. Because though I suffer and though I have pain, I've got to hope for the strength that's on its way. I've got to hope for a strength that's coming behind this pain. I've got to hope for a strength that's coming behind the suffering because what's happening is I'm, I'm adding to my testimony. <laughs> I'm adding to my testimony, and sometimes we don't like to add to our testimony. We think that's bad. My story is so long. I'm going to tell you right now, you have a long testimony, a long story. That's a good thing. That's a good thing because you can share that testimony with someone else, build someone else up, help someone else. A long testimony means that God has been good to you. The clouds hung low. You, you could hardly see the road, but <laughs> you didn't have to say, Jesus, take the wheel. He just did it. He just did it time and time again, always, 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 because that's his promise to us. That's his promise to us, that there is hope, there is redemption, and it's, it's in him. If I have to endure pain, right, if I have to endure pain, if I have to endure suffering, I want to know that I'm in the care of the greatest. <laughs> I want to know that I'm in the care of the greatest. This is how I want to say today, the greatest. He is the redeemer, right? He is not a way maker. He is the way maker. I'm not asking anybody else to do the things for me that I know that only God can do. My trust is going to be in him. 
So the Apostle Paul, if you know anything about his life, if you know anything about his story, you know that this guy, look, the first part of his story, not so good, all right? Not so good. The second half, pretty good. But not without pain. Not without suffering. Really good guy. Did a really, did a lot of good things. But his life, not without pain and not without suffering. Second Corinthians chapter 11, beginning of verse 24. Going to take a look at the Apostle Paul for a second. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. Yeah, chapter 11, beginning of verse 24. <laughs> the Bible says this of Paul. It says, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. 39. Verse 25, thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Lots of perils. I tell you, lots of suffering for this guy. A good man, man of God. Verse 27, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in consecration week, I mean, fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Verse 28, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. Look, I've been through a lot of stuff. That's what Paul was saying. Been through a lot of pain, been through a lot of suffering. To add to that, every single day, I'll be worried about these church people. And what pain and what suffering are they going to cause me? In addition to other stuff I got to deal with. Paul's a great example to us to keep the faith. To trust in the Lord. To not lose hope. To know that when my season comes, I'll be all right. When my season comes, I'll be all right. That's how we got to think, too. That's how we got to walk through this life. I'm going to trust. I'm going to be faithful. I'm not going to lose hope. Why? Because when my season comes, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be okay. I put that in your spirit. Put that in your heart. Here's the thing about pain and suffering. It will not, it cannot last, right? There is, ladies and gentlemen, there's an end to the hurt and the pain that, that we endure, right? Through the suffering and pain, at the end, right, we're going to meet the comforter, but, but not only at the end, because he's with us through the entire time. We'll look at it again, but when we started in Psalm chapter 22, David's crying out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's not because he's not there. It's just what he feels. He's not going through this thing by himself. It's just what he feels. He feels that he is far away from the Lord. But God's not far away from him. 
And God's not far away from you and I just because we feel that way. Just because we feel that way. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, the Bible says this, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Verse 4, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So don't miss this this morning, right? Don't miss this. Everyone, right? as I scan this room, I don't see anyone that is not accounted for in this number. Every one of us is an asset right, to the brother or sister, to the right or to the left. Right? In the row in front of you, in the row behind you. <laughs> right? Hezekiah Walker said, I need you to survive. <laughs> it was a simple song, but a powerful message. I really do. Sister Carol, I need you. All right. I, 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 I need the Lord to, to give me hope, and I need him to, to keep his promises, which I know we will, but, 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 but on Monday, I need you. I need your prayers for me. Sister Carol, I, I need to hear your testimony. I need to know that you've had some of those hills to climb yourself. I need to know that sometimes you went through a struggle. Sometimes there was some pain, but but you're still here. I need to know that because that's going to help me. Because that tells me that you were comforted by the Lord. Not just once. Not just four times. You're constantly comforted by the Lord, and because of her comforting, she's then able to comfort me by telling me, by sharing with me how good the Lord truly has been to her. Every trial, every trouble, every circumstance, every tribulation, he's just good all the time, good in everything. There's not a time that he's not good. His mercies, we know it is, they're everlasting, right? And that's what we walk in. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just three days out of a week that pastor says is consecration week. Those, those were some good days. We, we got some good word. There was some great revelation there. But it's, but it's every day. It's, it's every day that we walk in his mercies. It's, it's every day that the pitch on the inside of that boat is keeping us. That's every single day. It's every single day. I gotta, I, I, I'm looking for the works, right? But I'm consecrated first. I'm consecrated first. And that's what I'm walking in. So I need you and, and you need me and we're, we're going to comfort each other. And we're going we're to help each other. And, and we're going to pray for each other. And we're going to sharpen each other. And we're going to help each other. We're going to think about each other. You know, Pastor, Pastor had us uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, a week ago, you know, think about some people who, who, who you know, w weren't here or, 
or, or some people who, you know, just kind of on the outside a little bit, not really coming into the fold. <laughs> you know, those people need us. They need us. They, they need us to know that, that we've had some struggles, that we've had some pain, that we've had some sufferings. But, but, but what do we find in the pain and in the suffering? We found the strength. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. We, we found that we, we, we wrap, we're wrapped in that. We're, we're wrapped in the comfort of us. Those people need to know that we're praying for them, that we are believing for them, that we are hoping for their good. Everyone's an asset to each other. If, if any one of us in this room sitting now walks away from this thing, falls away from this thing, steps away from this thing, <laughs> we, all, we all feel that. We all feel the pain of that. No one wants to see that. So we got to strengthen each other. We got to build each other. We got to be bound to each other. You know, we got to be bound to each other. And I don't, I don't know why I'm stuck there. I'm, hmm. We've already professed every single one of us. We've already professed every single one of us that, that we're overcomers. Why? We suffered, we went through pain, but we're still here. That means you're an overcomer. That means you're victorious. You're walking in victory. You're living in victory. So help your brother and your sister walk in victory also. Paul said in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, we must, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. We must through much, not a little bit, not a just the Monday after you get baptized, <laughs> not just for one week after you speak in tongues, but through much tribulation are we going to enter the kingdom of God. We're, 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 we're resilience. We're resilience. We are resilient. We fight this fight right, in faith. Right? We fight this fight in, in, in faith. And yeah, the weapons, right, they're going to come against us, but they won't prosper. They won't prosper. There will always be an end to trouble and tribulation that we encounter, and our God will always make a way of escape. Right? He's going to make a way of escape. He will always bring comfort and deliverance. Right? Don't think that God isn't looking at you. Don't think that God isn't thinking about you. Don't think that God has something more important to do. He doesn't. You're the most important thing to him. You are the most important thing to him. Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 9, this is God speaking to, to Moses. He says, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel yeah, he was talking to them, but, but, but he hears our cry too. He hears our cry too. And the cry of the children of Israel is, come unto me, and I've also seen the oppression. He sees your suffering. <laughs> he sees your pain. We're with the Egyptians, oppress them. He sees that person that's causing you the pain. 
He sees that thing that's causing you to suffer. All right. It's not hidden from him. Verse 10, come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So God sees what's troubling you. He knows who is troubling you. And he's going to bring a way of escape to you. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know in what form or what shape is coming. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have to know. But you just got to trust. <laughs> you just got to trust that it's going to happen. You just got to trust that it's going to happen. Trust that, that, yeah, because I am faithful, because I am good, this is my reward. This is my reward. Whether my struggle is four days or 400 years, that's what they were dealing with, 430 years, God didn't forget them. Not through all that time. Not through all the time. They were never forgotten. And no matter how far away they felt from the Lord, he was never far from them. Never far from them. He will never forget about us. And we will never, it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter what you feel in this moment, he will never let you fend for yourself. You may feel like you're in this thing by yourself because of your circumstance, understandable. I started out this thing by saying that it's our human thinking, right? We make human assumptions. No one's going to cast stones at you because you feel that you're alone. No one's going to cast stones at you because you feel like, woe is me. No one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. But I want you to know that even though you feel that way, it's not the truth. It's not the reality of your circumstance. It's not the reality of your situation. It's not the reality of, of, of what you're going through. Because in fact and indeed, God is, is right with you. He's going through that thing with you. That is his that is his blessed assurance for you. That's his blessed assurance for me. We read it our opening text. We're gonna we're gonna go back there. Yes. What time is it? Our opening text, we started this whole thing out in, in Psalm chapter twenty two. And we're going to go back there for, for, for a little bit. All right, so Psalm chapter 2, 22, apologies, verse 1. David writes this out of, out of a, an intense desperation. And you can feel it. You can feel it. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Look, one my God would have sufficed. But he wanted us to know. More importantly, he wanted God to know exactly what he was feeling, where he was at in his condition. One ain't going to work right now. I need to make sure that you hear me because I'm in a bad way right now. All right? Why hast thou for, forsaken me? All right? He needed to capture the emotion of everything that he was feeling. And I know, I feel it. Even if I didn't see it, I feel it. I got some witnesses in the house that have been in this moment. 
And if you were writing this 20-second psalm, you would have run out of ink because two of my gods wouldn't have sufficed. It wouldn't have been enough for what you were facing, for what you were dealing with. These are the same words, right? These are the same words of our Heavenly Father as he hung upon the cross. The sacrificial lamb for, for our sins, knowing that his time on earth was coming to an end. He cried the same thing. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Not because God had forsaken him. But even in his humanity, there was a desperation for him to, to cry out. But he suffered that, we talked about it, willingly so that he could become our redemption. Yeah, he cried out. It's okay to cry out. No one's going to cast stones. We should cry out. We should cry out. David goes on to say that, um, why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? I'm, I'm praying, can you hear me? Why do you seem so far away? You ever been in that place where the hurt was just so much to bear? That loss, was it was so tough. You love that family member. You're not going to see him again. I thought you gave me that job. Why is it so hard? I, I can't seem to catch a break. We ask things like, is it going to get better? I know what I believe. I know what my faith says. I've even read it in the word of God. But was it for me too? Does it cover my life also? And these are real questions. So can't ask the questions. Just don't give up on your hope. Just don't give up on your hope. You, you, you cried and, and you prayed. You, you prayed and, and you cried and still no answer from the Lord. So you're restless. Weary days and, and sleepless nights, you, you wonder continually, why hast thou forsaken me? Haven't I been faithful? Haven't I been good? But, here, but here's the hope. Verse 3, verse 3, the, the tone of David, the tone of David starts to, starts to change a little bit. All right, the tone of David starts to change a little bit. And you, you ever said something? You ever said something, and, and immediately when you said it, the words came out of your mouth, you, you realize, ah, it was out of character for you. It's in you, but it was out of character for you. So if you're like me, Pastor, you, you, you start, you, you talk to yourself, you say, man, what are you thinking? And I, you wouldn't say this, but I said, Dre, Dre, what are you thinking? <laughs> you, might say, you might say that. You know, you might say something like, man, get yourself together. You know, lost your mind. All right, stuff like that. Look, that's what I say to myself. I don't know what you say to yourself. But that's what I say to myself. And I think that's kind of what happened to, to David here. Yeah, he starts out, you know, you know, why hast thou forsaken me? And, and, and why are you so far from my, my words and, and my roaring? But, but verse 3, something changes. Something shifts because he starts out, but thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. That sounds like something Someone would say when they're coming to their senses, Lord, alone, you are holy. You inhabit the praises of your people. I need to stop tripping. 
the reason, <laughs> the reason, the season for crying is over, now is the time for praising. <laughs> See, we get stuck in that season of crying for far too long, and we need to step out of that and step into the season of praising. <laughs> because we got to get to that place where we start to remember we start to remember, because that's what happened to David. Verse 4, our fathers trusted in thee. Oh, yeah, I remember daddy trusted. Yes, you did. Indeed, he did. And, and you did what? You delivered them. Yeah, daddy told me all them stories. Every single time, every single time God came through. Verse 5, they cried unto thee. Yep, they cried too, just like me. Everybody crying. And they were delivered. They trusted they trusted and were not confounded. Verse 5, I like verse 5, what it says in the Amplified. All right? It says, they trusted and they were not disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, look, it's a whole lot of things that are not guaranteed to you in this life. All right? But I'm going to lay this down right now that if you serve the Lord, he's not going to ever disappoint you. You may feel disappointed because the thing that he did for you didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. The way he brought you through, that's not the way you wanted to come through the thing. But he didn't disappoint you. He can't disappoint you. He won't disappoint you. It said they trusted and they were not disappointed. Psalm chapter 50 verse 15. And I got to move because time is fleeting. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Thou shalt glorify me. Now, look, we looked at Paul a little bit. And, and we, we, look, this time we've been, we've been looking at ourselves, too. I know we have, because I have. Even as I've been talking to you, I've been thinking about me. So I know you've been thinking about you. We looked at Paul and some of his struggles, right, some of the hardships, some of the pain, and how he found strength in the Lord. And you've been thinking about how you suffered and how you had pain and how you found strength in the Lord. But you can't really think of, talk about suffering and pain without looking at Brother Job. Our brother Job literally wrote the book on suffering. Well, write the book, but book written about him <laughs> on suffering. All right? When we first meet Job, Immediately we're told that he's a good man. Job chapter 1, verse 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect. You don't get much better than that. And upright. Here we go. One that feared God, and he eschewed evil. He didn't like it. He abstained from it. He ran away from that thing. He was a good man, and guess what? Bad things still happened to him in his life. The same way bad things happen to you and me in our lives. All right, so skip down a little bit here. So look, basically the devil says, uh, Satan says, hey, hey, God, you know, this guy, he's only, this guy, Job, he's a good guy, I get it. But he's only serving you because of all these things he has, right? I bet if you took all these things away that you know, he ain't going to serve you the way he say or the way he has been. God says, okay, I got you, bet. All right. You can go away and take some stuff from him. Don't judge him, though. Don't judge him, though. All right. So first thing, the Satan goes and, and, he, and, he, and he affects Job's possessions, right? He had a lot of possessions. The Bible says he had seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, five yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He had a lot of stuff. In fact, the Bible says that he was the greatest of all the men of the East. 
All right. So, so after all that, he took all that stuff, right? Took all that stuff, and still Job, <laughs> Job didn't flinch. All right. Verse, uh, verse 22 actually says in Job chapter one, Job sins not, right? Nor charge God foolishly. So then Satan was like, all right, look, okay. I know you say I couldn't touch him before, but look, I bet if you, you did let me, all right, he ain't going to serve you. you. Okay, all right, go ahead and touch him. Can't kill him, though. Bible talks about uh, Job gets all these boils, top, top of his head, soles his feet. Um, he's much suffering. Much suffering. Much suffering. All right. Job suffered greatly, but he did not quit God. His faith was tested and stretched. He did not quit God. Just like us, the Lord's ear was finely tuned to the cry of Job. Look, I'm not saying you can't cry. You should cry. Cry out. Just knowing you got to turn off the waterworks. Just knowing you got to turn that thing into praise. Just know that at some point you got to cry your last tear. At some point you got to cry your last tear. Because God, he hears every groaning. All right? I like it, how David wrote, he, the roaring. Right, God hears it. God hears it. We know the story of Job's end was greater than his beginning. And Job 42 and 12 tells us, So the Lord blessed the latter of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 female donkeys. If you're not familiar with the story, that's double everything he had before. It's double everything he had before. Most of us have not suffered in the extreme like Job, but perhaps you have lost uh, your health or experienced great financial loss. Perhaps you have grieved the death of a child or grieved a child rejecting the Lord. Perhaps you've been betrayed by a loved one or experienced persecution for your faith or been constantly attacked and undermined at, at work. Or perhaps you have experienced the suffering of being unable to relieve the suffering of a loved one. I don't know your story, but the God in heaven does. Because of the struggles we face, we assume God has forsaken us. We think God could hardly be with us if these struggles are happening. At these times, David's words in Psalm 22 and 1 perfectly express our dismay. Remember, we cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If the struggles are bad enough, we may, like Job, even say, curse the day that I was born. <laughs> Don't do that. <All> right. <laughs> there is divine purpose behind your birth. <laughs> Don't listen to those people out there. <laughs> there is divine purpose behind your birth. <laughs> uh, Psalm 22 and, and chapter 19, <laughs> the Bible says, because the Lord will give strength to those who turn to him in their suffering. The Bible reminds us in Psalm 22 and 19. Uh, but be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Hurry up, Jesus. I need you. All right. God takes great pleasure in helping us. So we don't know how long David endured his misery. All right. But as he continued to seek God for strength, God heard him and relieved his suffering. Just like he will for us. David was reminded that though he may have felt forsaken, right, God never left his side. In our suffering, we must trust in the Lord to be our strength. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, 
nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in the time of in trouble. Verse 2. Therefore, Will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the sea, in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and the swelling thereof? It doesn't matter what we, what we endure. It doesn't matter what we suffer through. He is our strength, our refuge, very present help in the time of trouble. All things, right? All things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. <laughs> Earlier we talked about some of the physical hardships and pain that Paul endured. And it was a lot. He suffered a lot. He endured a lot. But the Bible didn't say nothing about him being tased, right? The Bible didn't say anything about him being tased. All right. Anybody been tased? Anybody been tased? Yeah, I see some hands. I've been tased multiple times. All right. Take my word for it. Much pain, much suffering. All right. Much pain and much suffering. As Christians, we sometimes dwell on the why of our suffering. If we dwell on the why of our suffering, I'm telling you that's a rookie mistake. Don't dwell on the why of your suffering. Dwell on the fact that God is your promise that the suffering won't last forever. Don't worry about the why. Most people, <laughs> yeah. most people who have ever been tased, all people, if you've been tased, you knew why. All right? If you suffered through tasing, you know why you were suffering through the tasing. All right? You know why you were enduring that pain. God may indeed one day reveal or explain why he allowed you and I to suffer, but then again, he may not. God never told Job why he had to suffer through that season of his life. And guess what? It still worked out pretty good for him. The only thing Job ever knew for sure was that he had not, I repeat, he had not turned away from God. And in time, God restored his fortune, his possession, his family, his health, and eventually the suffering ended. Thank God. That's what Pastor said. He said, thank God. It used to be the taser could only, once you triggered it, could only go for five seconds. If you can count to higher than five, you know that I was more than five seconds. Taser will go for as long as my battery lasts. The pain will last for as long as my battery lasts. But the battery has to end at some point. The life of my battery is not everlasting. It's not forever. It's not infinite. It doesn't matter how long you're going through the pain and the suffering, and you can stand. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. 
it's going to end. It's going to end, but you don't, you don't quit God. Don't quit God. We may not get the answer to the why. We have no promise that we'll get an explanation for suffering. But, but let's cling to what is promised, right? Let's cling to what is promised as we uh, follow the examples of Job and, and David. We got to refuse to turn from God. We can cry out in pain, but we can't turn from God. God will give you strength in your suffering. Turn to him. Cry to him. Cling to him. Receive from him. And having received, worship. Worship. Let's pray. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghope.com md.com so I'm gonna wait on you sheep I'm gonna wait on you sheep